at the end of the day, people are getting really hurt out here by the church and by culture, because I'm always reminded of one of my friends that like re- reached out to me and said, like, I'm in therapy my second year of marriage because the church made it seem like sex was so bad that I came into marriage wow. fearful and feeling like I'm sinning when I'm supposed to be doing this thing that the Lord set apart for his children that are married. Hey everybody, and welcome to the Raised and Redeemed podcast and YouTube channel. I'm your host, Michaela Nikolenko, and I started this show after finally finding my home in Christ. I grew up in a home with lots of abuse and addiction where Christianity became something that repelled me. I spent my early adulthood seeking God in other religions, tarot cards, psychedelics, and even myself. I didn't realize how much hell I had pulled up into my life until I came face to face with the dark side of the spirit world and Jesus fought hard to save me. Now I live to serve his will and host a platform where others can share their story too. If you're looking for a show that talks about real things and provides encouragement for those who have been to the dark side and back, this is the show for you. Make sure to rate, subscribe, and share this show with anyone that you feel might be encouraged by it too. Thank you so much for joining me and welcome to the Raised and Redeemed family. Hey you guys, and welcome back to the Raised and Redeemed podcast and YouTube channel. Today I'm interviewing Sonata Allison, host of The Parallel Pod, a Christian sexuality podcast. So today we're talking all things sex and how to honor God with it. More specifically, we go into why God created sex for marriage, how to flee temptation, non-sexual ways to be intimate, and same-sex attraction. I hope this conversation leaves you feeling blessed and inspired to come to the God who loves you with every little part of your being. Without further ado, let's get on to the show. Okay, well, good morning, Sonata. Thank you so much for being on the show today. You have a podcast called The Parallel Pod, which is a Christian a Christian sexuality podcast. Sure so, do. Yeah, so I'm so excited to have you and to talk about, you know, sexuality in a way that honors God. Um, not many people are doing that. Not many church leadership is doing that. So I really admire your your mission, and I'm excited to to talk about it with you today. Thank you. I'm excited as well. Yeah. So I was just creeping on your Instagram a little bit, and I grew <laughs> more intrigued by you. So I would love if you would like tell us a little bit about your background, um, what mm. you studied, how you got interested in this. Um, yeah, all all of that. Yeah. So, um, I have, um, a bachelor's in psychology and my master's in marriage and family therapy. And some people think that's funny that I have a master's in marriage and family therapy and I'm not married, (laughs) but I have those things. Mm -hmm. Um, so in my undergrad, I took a human sexuality class at my Christian university and I've never heard anyone go that in depth into so many different areas um, that I was like, oh my gosh, this is so awesome. So I'd literally go from my class to my dorm room or to my apartment with my friends and just sit them down. And we all talk about what I learned in class that day. <laughs> like every single day we yeah. do that. And I think it was healing for a lot of my friends that, you know, may have uh, entered into relationships or done things that they wish they didn't do because mm-hmm. they didn't have that information. Um, and even my friend had someone over that wasn't a Christian and I was able to like kind of let her know, like, know your worth. Like, even if you're not in Christ, you don't deserve to allow guys to treat you that way or do whatever, yeah. do this, or do that. So from there, um, I knew it was on my heart to do something with it. I just didn't know what. 
Um, so then I went to my master's and we had like a kind of a capstone project and I did it on um, sex, ed- sex education in America. I'm mm. um, just talking about how like it's not um, the same across the board, even across counties okay. <laughs> in some places. So it's not um, consistent is the word I was looking for. Um, so, yeah, I, I talked about that. Um, different kinds of sex, ther- sex, um, not therapy. <laughs> I mean, I'm also a therapist. So yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, different kinds of uh sex education. And um there was a whole bunch of people that came to that. I think I was one of the most people I had the most people there at my presentation. So I was like, okay. And it was up it was at my Christian university. And I was nervous about that because like that's what? a big topic to 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 go after. Yeah, I'm surprised they let me. Yeah, <laughs> so. well. Yeah, but I had the biggest turnout. So I'm like, okay. And people, there, people's kids were there. Grandparents were there. Wow. So I'm like, people need this. People care yeah. about this. Yeah, people um, care about it. Right. So um, really enjoyed that. Um, and then after I finished school, I had no clue what to do do with it. Um, I didn't know if I was going to do like a course or whatever. But, you know, as everyone knows, the pandemic happened. Um, <laughs> and everyone got a podcast. <laughs> Everyone got a podcast. <laughs> um, so that year I didn't actually get a podcast. It was the year after. And before that, I felt like the Lord just had it on my heart to just start one. And it was one of those things where like, I can't just say like, oh, I think I heard the Lord say it. Like I, it was like heavy on my spirit. And I knew if I didn't do it, I'd be, I, I would be being disobedient. So wow. <sighs> I did the things, I paid the money, I created the platform and that's where we are today. Yeah, that's so good. Um, no, I can tell that you, you put a lot of, you put a lot of preparation into what you share and, and you share it like there's so much biblical knowledge and how you share it too. Um, where even like you said, like even people who aren't Christians, like this stuff can relate to them. I I like how you said, like you had a friend that wasn't a Christian that was, you know, settling for, you know, the way that the world tells us is, is okay to Mm -hmm. be treated and um, the whole hookup culture and everything. And you're like, no, like you deserve, you deserve better. Yeah. So that's what I really like about doing sex God's way, because I definitely did sex the world's way Mm. um, all the way up until I was finally saved a couple of years ago. Okay. Yeah. And so I got really, really hurt um over and over again because the way yeah. I begin to see it is you're giving the deepest part of yourself to somebody with no sort of um no sort of stability or comfort in the fact I actually heard you say this perfectly I was listening to one of your podcasts last night with no stability in the fact that this person is committed to loving you. Mm. And yeah. that's a scary place to be to to give out you know, that piece of yourself. So, yeah. Oh, geez. So I wish that this, this is the kind of information that, you know, I would have needed, um, Mm. before, you know, before I caused all that pain. So, and that's the thing too. Like, I never want people to feel like I'm saying like, Oh, you have to act this way because Jesus said so. Like at the end of the day, people are getting really hurt out here. Yeah, exactly. And by, by the church and by culture, because I'm always reminded of one of my friends that like reached out to me and said like, I'm in therapy my second year of marriage because the church made it seem like sex was so bad that I came into marriage fearful and feeling like I'm sinning when I'm supposed to be doing this thing that the Lord set apart for 
his children that are married. So, yes. you, you know, said, there's so many different avenues. You said, I don't know what podcast I was listening to of yours last night, but you said how sex, um, sex was designed before the fall. Like when you somebody sex before the fall, <laughs> it so was not some like warped kind of thing that happened after humanity fell. Like God designed us for pleasure. Yeah. Do you want to go into that a little bit more? For sure. And like, as you're saying things, I'm like, dang, that's good. It's because the Holy Spirit be putting it on me. You know what I'm saying? I don't know anything. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know anything. I read my Bible and then I tell you what it says. Exactly. So I'm like just as moved by some things that I'm talking about as well. Like, so yeah, like we literally were built for, for pleasure. I was listening to this, this talk that these pastors were having about Genesis and how Eden literally means pleasure. Like mm. God wanted us to be in a space of pleasure forever, for eternity. That was his ultimate plan for us before the fall. Mm. So and sex was a part of that. Um, yeah. Being being fruitful and multiplying was a part of that. Um, we, the Bible says like man should not be alone. So the Lord knows the importance of community and mm. us having each other. He didn't say... Um, man should not be alone after the fall. He said that because he noticed that we need someone like us as well. So yeah. And, and also to the point of being of pleasure, like in my first episode, I talk about, um, well, my guest comes on, she, her name's Kim. And she wrote a book about basically everything based off of Song of Solomon and how like so many things are happening in that one book, but she compares it to, um, she compares sex to the ultimate wedding between us and Christ. And it sounds so weird. I always kind of try to preface it for people, but <laughs> truly like the ultimate climax of our lives is being with Christ. Yeah. So it's an image of that on earth. Like we get to experience this beautiful opportunity, um, but it's really just shadowing um, our reunion with Christ. So, mm. yeah. I don't even fully like, it's really hard to to grasp that fully, but I did begin, I listened to the relationship goals series with pastor Michael Todd mm -hmm. um, from transformation church when I was just becoming a Christian and trying to relearn relationship and sex in God's way. And something that he said in this podcast was how before there was all the, you know, the ceremony and the religious kind of act of, of marriage the way that we got married before, like the consummation of that was sex. So he talked about how when you come into covenant with God, there's there's usually a blood sacrifice involved. Mm -hmm. And so when you think about, you know, if a woman loses her virginity, there's blood involved with that. So it's like it's making that that covenant, you know, with your spouse before God. So sex, I began to see sex. And this is like, I was, so when I learned this, I was, I was learning to change my ways. And I began to conceptualize the fact that every time you do that with someone, you're like marrying them in the spiritual realm. Mm. And so, yeah, I remember that just like moved me because it's like, people think that they're just hooking up, but they don't realize they're tying their, their flesh, their will, their emotions, they're tying their spirits, everything with this person. It's not just a hookup. It's a right. very, very spiritual act. Mm -hmm. And people leave sometimes taking on that person's emotional, like, uh, 
baggage, I guess you could say. Like, I've heard situations where people were like, I was perfectly fine. I had sex with this one guy and I like fell into a deep depression. Like, it's not something to play with. Yeah, it's really not. Did you learn any of this through personal experience or is this this is all just God has just placed this on your heart to talk about? You know, the Lord literally, even if I wanted to be sending out here, he wouldn't let me. (laughs) (laughs) He blocked every opportunity I wanted, you know. So that's why I want people to know, too. Like, I'm not I'm not trying to be up here saying I'm perfect. Like the Lord literally uh, wouldn't allow me. And I think it's because I could have this platform. I don't know. I have no clue. Or he has something better for me in the future. I guess that's what I could say. Um, He's safe for it. I guess so. (laughs) Because even when I wanted to act a fool, the Lord was like, nope, he's going to ghost you. Nope, this is going to happen. Nope, that's going to happen. So it truly is like, I think growing up, um, I just had like a, a fear of God at a very young age. Wow. Um, I tell people like you have you've seen Hercules, right? Uh, maybe ah, back in the day. I'm sorry. <laughs> now we're gonna have to watch Hercules. Um, so basically Hercules' dad is like the one that like Zeus, he throws the lightning bolts. So I thought that that's how God was. Ah. I'm like, I need to stay in line because if I don't, he's gonna literally strike me at a at a at his guy. Mm-hmm. Many um, people so, think that. Yeah. And that was my fear. So my relationship with the Lord before I went to my Christian university was very legalistic. Like I have to stay in these lines. Um, but I also am, am happy for that because now in my life, I'm I'm easily more disciplined and more convicted to like hear his word in a healthy way. Yeah. Um, and he just built that discipline in me from a young age. So wow. I also knew I didn't have a good relationship with my dad. So I knew like I'm not about to go into another unhealthy relationship with a man. I've had that for the first 18 years of my life. Like I'm good on that. <laughs> yeah. So I knew like I'm I I have to be serious about this. And I was intent on saving my virginity until marriage. So That's um, I would kind of like have like, I guess, situationships, but I never really took them seriously because I just knew like I'm not going to date you because you don't love Jesus. So that's so good. He yeah. really has been protecting you. From yeah. Heart, it seems like. So I like it or not. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) A big part of the Raised and Redeemed podcast is, is, you know, sharing that testimony of, of how you came to know that Jesus was Lord and Jesus was. Mm, So you've always known. Well, my, my dad was a music director and my mom was in the choir. Like my family's always been very involved in church. Like I was there most days out of the week because of my parents' involvement. (laughs) So I knew of Christ. I, I knew of God. Um, but because I was getting a skewed human representation of a father, it messed up my relationship with God. I just thought he was like someone who was ready to yeah. condemn me at any opportunity. So, and I also was hard for me to believe in the Bible because the Bible says like God is love and all this stuff. And he was allowing my dad to treat me however he was. So I had a really hard time with that. I didn't talk to God most of my childhood, actually. I would only talk to Jesus. For whatever reason, which I think is so interesting how that kind of dynamic affects different people. Um, Can you explain that a little bit? Yeah. So I've heard it explained where if you have a hard relationship with your your father or like male figures, then you might have a hard relationship with God. If you have a hard relationship with your mother, it's Jesus. No, sorry. It's either your mother, Jesus, or your mother, the Holy Spirit. Okay. Yeah. So (laughs) that's just something to kind of think about for different people. You know, what? why am I having these kind of blocks with Jesus or with God? Because I know like I, even now it's like uncomfortable for me to talk to God for too long because he just, 
Well, I've been getting better with that as I've gotten older, but he feels way more distant to me. And I think it's because of how I grew up with my own father. Yeah. So that makes sense. You know, that's yeah. so interesting because my main, like a big part of my testimony was I, I didn't believe that Jesus was Lord. Mm. So that sent me, like, I always believed in God and I believed in, you know, the spirit world. Um, and I prayed to God a lot as a little kid. Um, there was a lot of abuse and addiction in my household. So praying to God to get me out of there, um, that became one of my, like, I just reverted to that. Like, I, I, I reverted to prayer a lot as a kid, but I didn't understand the person of Jesus. And I mm. didn't think that, you know, Jesus was Lord. So mm. that set me on a whole, like, new age quest of trying to find God. And I looked I looked in all the different cultures and religions and mm. ended up getting more and more hurt. Um, yeah. And I think the Lord, like, I think he is proud of you for searching that hard, you know? I appreciate that. You're welcome. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah, there's some crazy moments, too. And, like, in the middle of what I was doing where I literally felt his presence with me. Mm. And I told him, no, like, I knew, like, because my family called themselves Christians, but they didn't mm -hmm. obey. So that's yeah. why I think I had a skewed perception of of who Jesus was because nobody in my life was striving to live like Jesus. Yeah. And so I remember times like he was he would show up when I was doing something very wrong and he would try to protect me and save me. And I was like, no, like, I don't want to like I need to know about mm. the great mother and about the alien. Like I went in deep into everything mm. that, that okay. I was in. But he yeah. was right there, you know, mm -hmm. and I, I do feel like he kept me protected. But also I had free will to to sort of figure that out. Um, yeah. So that's an interesting that's an interesting thing that you said about um, our perception of of God, the father. Yeah. Typically influenced by our relationship with our dad and mm -hmm. then our relationship with our know, mom. Yeah. Is either like the Holy Spirit or Jesus. I can't quite remember, but you could probably look it up and and see that. but. Yeah, I think that'll give you give different people some insight onto why they might be having some blocks in their life. Yeah, um, definitely. Because I know like Jesus was like my friend. Like I know that he would be there for me. I didn't. It wasn't as close, though, until I went to my Christian university and I really started learning like, oh, this is not even this is more about a loving relationship. Mm. <laughs> That's what this is about. This Christianity thing. And, you know, like when you come to Christ, you're like, I need to tell the world. Like everyone needs to know this. Like they are so loved. And oh, my gosh. And he's, he told you, you don't have to do anything like you're loved. You don't have to do anything. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it just like lit a fire in me. And uh, I just I just love him ever since. Like my friend literally in my dating, my dating career has been bringing men to Christ. <laughs> like wow. that's what I've been doing. Like on these apps. I literally have invited so many men to church and oh um, evangelize in these little, these little app chats. Um, oh my goodness. But, and do you see it too as like, if, if this person, you know, maybe isn't the one for you to date, but like, that was your purpose in their yes. life. Yes. At first I was so annoyed. Cause I'm like, I'm literally just evangelizing and yeah. <laughs> not finding my man. <laughs> but at this point I feel like I've matured in the place where it's like, what a cool opportunity to, bring people to Christ. And I was hearing a, a message recently and he was talking about how like your beauty is a gift as well. And I've never thought of it that way. Like we can like, and then I started thinking of different verses where it says we are the aroma of Christ and different things like that. Like we can be attracting people 
for the reason of Christ, not for our own personal desires, you know? That's a hit though. That's a hit, you know, Mm -hmm. to yourself and to what you're trying to, I know your desire. Exactly. I'm like, okay, guess I won't be looking for a man, you know, forget it. (laughs) I'm just going to evangelize now. So my goodness. Um, so the next thing I kind of want to go into is, um, and we kind of talked about this a little bit, but like, like you said, like Christianity is about love. It's not like this God in the sky that's, that's throwing lightning bolts, but he tells us what he tells us to keep us protected emotionally, spiritually. Like you gave an example in one of your podcasts about the airplane. You're like, I don't get how it works. I don't get how that, (laughs) that bus gets up in the sky. No clue. Um, I don't get how the bus, like the, the ships on the ocean don't just sink down. You're like, Mm -hmm. but I trust it. I trust it's going to work. I don't get how it's working, but I trust it's going to work. And so obeying God is kind of like that. Like, I don't get it, but I trust you. So I'm going to obey. So, so on that note, I would like, if you could go into a little bit, like, like why God created sex for marriage? Mm, That's a good question. (laughs) I think the answer to that is all throughout the Bible, we see the importance of a covenant, like a decision not to leave, a decision to be what we say we're going to be. And when you do that, when you do sex outside of marriage, you don't have any of those things. There's no comfort. um, There's no stability. Those people can leave you. Now, people may be listening and saying, like, you can divorce someone if you want to. Okay, but that's you breaking the covenant that you gave to somebody. Yeah. And that's between, you know, that's between you and the Lord. But the whole point is for you to enter into a, a, a safe space on this sinful earth. Like, that is a safest space, honestly. Like, mm-hmm. for someone to even commit to you in that way, that is so beautiful. And that is a healing space as well. Like, no one's going to leave me. And we all have had situations where people have left us, but yeah. someone is committing to you like Christ does. So it's yeah. a, it's an, it's an image of us in Christ. Yeah. Um, and it's us just being able to experience something, so, something so beautiful. Um, so, and our, our desire also is to know in the person that's with us, like, um, will you be there for me when I need you most? And what, how is that happening? outside of marriage. Yeah. That's that's so rare. <laughs> yeah. Like people are rarely getting that answer that um the answer yes to that question. Will you be there when I need you most? No, because you're just having sex with someone and you're moving on and your desire is only to please yourself. Yeah. So marriage is about you focus on pleasing that person, that person focusing on pleasing you and both both people are pleased. So I think it's it's meant to be in marriage because it's a safest space to experience the fullness of it and sure people will say oh well if you don't try the whatever the the stupid car analogy people will say uh, if you don't you know travel before you buy whatever that's so it's such an immature way to think about it because yeah. you can literally like it doesn't work in any other area of your life like oh i tried to ride a bike the first time now i know how now i know how a bike works no you have to work at it and you keep yeah. learning keep learning and then you get better at riding a bike to the point where you could run a marathon if you wanted to yeah. uh do a triathlon i don't know what the heck they call it but the whole like you can learn each other you're gonna have to be learning each other for the rest of your life anyways so that's just another avenue of that so absolutely yeah and, and the sex gets better as you learn each other and as you you know grow to love each other more and grow deeper in intimacy i've 
I've definitely found that with my husband. Uh, mm-hmm. We've been married about a year and a half and, and it always Congrats. starts out awkward, you know, thank you. <laughs> thank you. You're welcome. Like, I think it always starts out awkward until mm-hmm. you, you get more comfortable and you learn more about what each other likes and who each other is and how to make each other feel safe. And, yeah. and that physical, it's like a physical expression of the love that's inside. That's why, like, if a woman is, you know, not in the mood, not feeling it, not feeling it. Typically, what I tell my husband is it's like it starts with that lack of intimacy mm-hmm. just day to day in our lives. Like, like, are you asking me how my day was? Are you touching me in non-sexual ways? Are you, mm-hmm. you know, like those little things? And then this, the sex component is the physical expression of that intimacy that's already hold on hold on and that's the reaction of christ's love to us we that 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 beautiful experience of that of sex is an example of our reaction like we live this life not to uh earn christ's love but it's a reaction to the love he's already given us that's us we just did that together with the holy spirit that was me and you (laughs) oh my goodness there's so many correlations to sex and marriage yeah, this is going to, I'll be chewing on this, you know, for a while. I'll probably have to listen yeah. to this one back a few times. <laughs> so, That's but like another thing you said. You're yeah. like, you know, like sometimes I'm amazed by the, the stuff that comes out of my mouth because it's not me. It's the Holy Spirit. So, you know, literally you, you listen back, you're like, you hear the things that you said and it's like, oh, wow. Like God said that, like same thing yeah. in the Bible. I could read that same verse, but every time I read it, I'm going to derive something else out of it. Yes. Yes. And to your point about, um, being able to um, grow emotionally, spiritually, all that good stuff in marriage. I actually saw research that said that Christians have the best sex. Wow. And no one, no one's going to think that. But at the end of the day, we are the only ones that truly know what love is. Mm. And, and like we said, sex is a reaction to that love. So, duh, it makes sense when you put it that way. Yeah, that's good. Christians are the only ones who really know what love is. Something that like I've read in like my marriage books, my Christian marriage books and been learning is like how love is sacrifice. Mm-hmm. And so going into like, you know, you're talking about, we were talking about sex and marriage being like the one safe place, you know, that person's really committed to you. I know a lot of people who have been together for many years and they're not married and they would think that that person would be there for them in hard mm-hmm. times. And they would hope for that to be, but if they can't, like, they're not, they're not giving you that commitment of their life. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if they can't make that commitment to you, then then like what is, I don't know, I guess I, I'm trying to figure out how to dissect this in a way that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so as you're saying that, that reminded me like statistics also show that people who are in cohabitating relationships, they actually are less likely to have a successful marriage. So mm-hmm. And it's be- I think it's because of that lack of commitment. And sacrifice. And, right. And there's no transition time either. So you you leave your home together. You go to your your wedding and you come back to that same space. So nothing, your mind doesn't understand that something has truly changed. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying all cohabitating relationships aren't going to work. But yeah. the majority, if you look at the research, they're less likely to have a, a successful marriage. And I think it's because the commitment wasn't made before they entered into each other's space. So I really believe too, that to know the trajectory of a relationship, go back to what it was founded in. mm -hmm. 
So there are so many relationships I had. And there was one really specific one that like taught me a lot. And I wanted to save this relationship, but this relationship was rooted in sin. Mm. So even though I found God, you know, towards the end of this relationship, this relationship itself was rooted in sin. And God can redeem some relationships, but I just, I see it happen way more times than not that the trajectory can be determined by what it was founded in. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. So when I met my husband, like the intention was I'm looking for a husband. I'm looking for someone to share my life with. I'm looking for the, for the man that, you know, I can honor God with my life with. And so that was the intention. That was the foundation. And now here we are. Yeah. But every relationship that I entered into with the foundation of sin, that blew up in my face. Yeah, yeah. If you're in a relationship and trying to figure out if he's the one, or maybe you're recently single and taking a step back to figure out how to best go about finding the one, I have the ebook for you. Head over to the link in my bio or in the comment section from wherever you're listening to find my latest ebook, How to Know if He's the One. In this ebook, I share the worst of my relational mistakes and how Jesus finally showed me there was a better way. Gradually, he began to mend my heart, and I know he will do the same for you too. So another question I want to ask you is, you know, knowing that God created sex for marriage, how do we flee from the temptation mm. if we're not in marriage? Okay. Yes. Um, there are practical answers to this and there is like a umbrella way to answer this. So I would say at the end of the day, you have to remember, so I'll, I'll give you guys a, an image. The, an image I used early on in the podcast is just kind of thinking you live with a roommate and you love this person. It's your best friend. And like you love spending time with them. They're a great friend to you. Um, no complaints. They don't leave their dirty crap around the house. They are the perfect roommate, perfect person. Mm -hmm. And then you kind of start bringing in this person who doesn't respect them um, or the, or the kind of temple that you're bringing them into. They don't care to get to know the Lord. This isn't a relationship. I mean, it could be a relationship that isn't, that isn't honoring Christ. Um, but even if they do know Christ, they're not like, you know, honoring him. So yeah, they'll say hi to him. They'll sit down and chat with him. Um, but he's not going to come into your bedroom with you. He, uh, you guys don't want to have long conversations with him. So comparing it to that, it's like, you literally are disrespecting the one person that you say you love the most. Mm. Hmm. Yeah. I just want to hang out in that in the air for a second. Yeah. That's how you're treating the person you love the most. And when you really just like surrender to that conviction, like I'm not loving the person I say I love the most, but also like you're also not stewarding your relationship. If you are in Christ and you're just struggling, you're not stewarding your, your relationship with Christ. And also you're causing someone that you love as well, a human to sin against Christ. Someone that you both say you love the most. That's so good. And we have to we have to answer for that. That's so good. I actually, you know, I lived that. I lived that in personal experience um, because I came to Christ while I was in the middle of a, a very ungodly relationship. And I remember I remember feeling this conviction that we needed to be abstinent. Mm. 
And um, every time that we fell into, every time we fell into temptation, I remember feeling like the demonic got a stronghold back Mm. into my life. I felt Mm. so much condemnation. I felt so much shame. And I also began to see myself as God's kid. I began to see him as God's kid. And I started talking about God, like, even during sex, where Mm. I'd be like, like, okay, like, because I was trying to figure out, can this relationship be one that honors God? And I'm like, I like I don't know. I would just say things like like you're yeah. God's kid, like I'm God's kid, like you know, <laughs> God's kids just touching each other. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, it makes no sense looking back. Like I've come so far since then. You were making um, progress still. That's okay. I was making progress, <laughs> right? Exactly. Um, and I remember like I got to the point where I'm like, oh my gosh, like he's God's kid, and he doesn't have the strength. To not go into this with me. I have Mm. to be the one. Mm. I have to be the one because, yes, he's sinning against God. Like, I'm sinning against God. He's sinning against God. And I don't want to be responsible for him sinning against God. Yes. Going back to what you said. Yeah. And that is a real thing. You know, and I even told my my younger brother that when he first started his relationship, remember that you are responsible for this person. Like yes. everything the Lord gives us, we are stewards of. And sex is also that. Um, relationships are that as well. Um, so keeping that in mind will be, I think that should be your driving force. Now to avoid sexual sin is putting boundaries up in your relationship and having this conversation like, when you do this, I actually really want to have sex with you. So we need to be wise and lessen that or find a way around it. Some people will say, and you know, some churches will say, oh, no one should ever have their feet off the ground with someone. Like if you're okay to honor the Lord still and lay next to them on the couch, then do that. We all have our own convictions. We know what we can handle, what we can't handle. Yeah. Um, so I'm not going to say like there's a blanket thing everyone shouldn't do, but have a conversation with the person that you're in a relationship with and just let them know where you struggle mm. um, and create boundaries around that. Um, some more like just random stuff would be like if you are desiring to masturbate or go over to their house when you know you shouldn't literally get off your bed mm. <laughs> for masturbation get out of a laying down position because it's easier to fall into sin when you are doing that. So like, get up, maybe you could like do a little workout because your endorphins will start going and that will help you avoid making a bad decision. Um, going for a walk, talking to someone who can hold you accountable, having accountability partners that know that you, um, have this kind of temptation around this time in the day. And that Mm -hmm. could be pornography as well. Um, so just inviting people into the struggle. So that's your partner or an accountability partner. Um, just let shed light on it because you know, the Bible talks so much about what can happen in the dark when we don't bring things to light. Wow. And that's another, you know, great reason that we need to talk to God about this too. Like we can't, we can't hide, like he sees everything. He sees our hearts. He knows what we struggle with. And so when we try to struggle silently and without him and without his his children, his family, you know, the support of other believers. It's like we're just setting ourselves up for for failure. Right. And that's kind of it's it's an it's a little ounce, I'll say, of pride because you think that you can do it on your own. And that's not even what we were built for. That's good. So yeah, bring the Lord vulnerable into it. To, to tell somebody. Oh yeah. Struggle. Or even to tell God. Like 
you admitting anything to, to, you know, at any point is like, oh, crap, I'm literally struggling with something that I shouldn't be struggling with. It's kind of embarrassing, but oh. we're humans. And who better to bring it to than God, who can yeah. literally pluck it out of your life if he wanted to easily in the in like a blink of an eye. So and even an ordinary in. person, like it's not like those it's not like those temptations or like thoughts or like it's just different. It's not like mm-hmm. those things ever fully go away, but it's different. Yeah. Uh, if you're single, you're you know, I heard somebody put it this way is like when you're single, God's going to, or Satan's going to do everything he can to get you to have sex. And then when you're married, Satan's going to do everything he can to get you to not have sex with your Right. Right. And then, so he, he's always messing with you in some way. There's always mm-hmm. going to be some kind of temptation or thing. And, and for me too, having such a, a sexually promiscuous background and being redeemed from so much of that like I find like I still struggle with certain aspects of that certain thoughts still come to my mind certain mm-hmm. temptations I still struggle with yeah and I have to and not everybody will do this but I have to tell my husband in order to get free from it good for you yeah yeah, yeah. And, like dreams too and you know like if I have something happen in a dream I wake up the next morning feeling like distant for my husband and mm. I've heard one pastor um on YouTube it's pastor Vlad I don't remember his last name but he's talking about like incubuses and succubuses and I don't know if you know much about them so it's like they're essentially like um like sexual demons oh, okay and if you're not giving into temptation you know in life they do try to get at you in your dreams too mm. so this can be like a stronghold and he's like, you know, he's like, if you just have one sex dream, like you probably don't have an incubus or a su- or a succubus. He's mm-hmm. like, but if this is happening over and over and you're just feeling oppressed yeah. by this, then then you probably need some sort of deliverance. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I definitely like I know I've been I know I've been delivered from some of that and there's still more deliverance to come from that. And and something that I do to just navigate it is like I said, like I I confess. I confess to my husband and I pray for God to just change my heart, change my mind. Yeah. Um, so I don't have those thoughts or mm-hmm. dreams. Yeah. And I think that's very healthy, especially in marriage, because I think some people, you know, it could be pride. It could be shame. They keep that stuff from their spouse and then it just keeps festering. Yes. And then it becomes, you know, an emotional affair or a physical affair. So yeah. just being completely honest is going to be one of the best things. Yeah. It definitely builds up. I um, I follow this one lady who actually there was an affair in her relationship, and she was she was guilty um for it, and she goes so now she's like she has a big ministry on it because that was like the pain of her past. And mm-hmm. something she says is you know at the end of every week she's like we have a system where it's was there anything on your heart on your mind that you need to tell me? Um, it's just kind of a protocol they've put in place to keep. Yeah open communication um, so that nothing begins to build in the dark. I'm going to take a quick second here to tell you about Raised and Redeemed merch. I somehow end up in my bright pink Raised and Redeemed crew neck nearly every day because it's so comfy and I love to tell the world that I have been Raised and Redeemed in Jesus' name. 
And wearing something that says that is a great conversation starter. Not only do we have crewnecks, but we also have t-shirts, hoodies, cropped hoodies, mugs, stickers, socks, and more. You can either follow the link titled Raised and Redeemed Merch in the comment section of wherever you're listening, click the link in any of my social media bios, or go to raisedandredeemed.creator.spring.com, and that is raised and spelled out A-N-D, redeemed.creator.spring.com, to order yours and support the show today. And then I want to ask you to um, the non-sexual ways to be intimate, mm. you know, for single people or people dating, they still want to feel that like closeness yes. with each other. So how yes. can you do that in a way that still honors God? Yeah. And w- I don't remember how the Lord put that on my heart um, to create that podcast episode, but I think that's so important because a lot of time we're telling Christians like, don't do this, don't do that. Um, don't get this close or like, oh, you're playing with fire. Like at the end of the day, if we read Song of Solomon, he was already complimenting her. He was already uh, building that foundation of love and admiration and affection before yeah. they even had sex. And that's in the Bible. <laughs> There's a whole book dedicated to it. And then further, you know, so people really need, song, read, need to read Song of Solomon before they get married. Um, okay. But yeah, there are things like holding long um, eye contact. Um, that is something beautiful. And we've probably seen, I don't know if you've seen on YouTube or different things, like that's one of the things people tell you to do to fall in love. So um, holding long eye contact in a relationship, that is very vulnerable just in general. That's yeah. why a lot of people avoid eye contact. Yeah. It's like you feel like they can see your soul. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. For whatever reason. But yeah, so prolong eye contact. So you guys can like set a two minute timer and work your way up to four minutes or whatever, however long you guys want to go. Um, I also talked about how you can in silence, just kind of admire the person that is sitting in front of you. Um, so that could be, well, we're, you know, if we're being, we're being wise, you know, so you mm-hmm. can think about things you love about them as a person, things you've noticed about the, their face or their body that you didn't notice before. Mm-hmm. Um, just being, taking time to be attentive in that quiet time. And then when the time is up, sharing those things like, oh, I just remembered how like last week you took out the trash and I didn't even thank you for that. But I really did appreciate that. Or last week you put that blanket over me and I actually needed it. I didn't want to say anything. So like different things like that, that help build intimacy. And and that's emotional int- intimacy at the end of the day, because that's what we desire, like that closeness and stuff like that. So yes. um, silent eye contact, um, hugging, holding each other for a while, you know, and like I said in the episode, be mindful of the boundaries that you've set in the past. Um, but also don't be too mindful to the point where you're missing out on opportunities to be intimate because you're nervous that you'll be aroused by this person. Like it is okay to be aroused by someone you're attracted to. Like God is not angry at you. It's what you do with that information that becomes the issue. If you're, you're dwelling on that or you're taking action, that's when it becomes an issue, but you're allowed to be aroused by someone you like. Um, yeah. So those are, those are some things I'd say help building intimacy as well as just like going, spending time together and reading your word together. That is a very intimate thing. Praying with someone that's very intimate. Um, so yeah, those are, those are some ways to be intimate. I love that so much. I just started getting my husband to do the eye gazing thing with me. 
Tell me. Oh my. So he's very, he's like pretty ADHD. Like, okay. I love that. Forward, if, if anything we gets got a golden retriever like, on our hands. <laughs> exactly. He'll be like picking his nails or like something, you know? Like, yeah. So I'm like, I'm teaching him and we're working up to that. So it's like, yeah, yeah set a timer, practice, build up to that. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was in the new age, that was actually a practice that we did. Oh. So I'm going to ask you if, if you felt like I'm actually glad you brought up eye gazing because you said there's, you know, you feel like you're seeing each other's souls. Mm-hmm. When we were doing it back then, that was what it was called. It was called soul gazing. Oh. And I actually like you would see like some kind of crazy things. Like you would see, you would see depths into the spiritual realm. And I've wow. had I've had moments like that, you know, with friends that I've done this with. So now doing it with my husband now as a born again believer, I'm like, mm-hmm. I hope this is safe. I know that this is like really deep, like looking yeah. at spirit realm, but like now it's redeemed and exactly. And, and that's the thing. The new agent, they, they pull things from healthy spirituality. Yes. You know? Absolutely. So at the end of the day, if you're boasting both in Christ, there's nothing to be afraid of. Yeah. Because when, when I wasn't in Christ, I would see that person's soul or spirit. I don't really, I don't know, but, it, and I would see creepy things because they weren't mm-hmm. in Christ. And so there probably right. were creepy things attached to them. Mm-hmm. I've never seen that with my husband, but I've definitely got some PTSD where I'm like, oh boy, yeah. I see something. But yeah. No, <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. So, I mean, that's because of your, your past, you know, kind of the fear coming with that, but yeah, you're in Christ and you were, you were dabbling in some stuff that is, is scary. Yes. So it's reasonable that you would see scary things. Yeah. But mm-hmm. you know, praise God, it's never been with my husband. So yeah, yeah. We're, building up, we're building up that we're learning how to, how to work on that non-physical intimacy too, even, even now in marriage, because yeah, the, the, the physical intimacy is dependent on that non-physical intimacy to be strong. Right. So if yep. you are in a dating relationship, it's so good to start with that and to start exactly. with that. So that, carries through to a strong marriage as well mm-hmm. yeah um, so good there's one more little thing I don't know like this could be like a whole episode on its own but I listened to one of your episodes about same-sex attraction mm. and how God doesn't see the sin of same-sex attraction any worse than the sin of sex before marriage yeah yeah same <laughs> right and at the end of the day same-sex attraction is not a sin i think christians don't understand that you are allowed to be attracted to something it's mm-hmm. the action that's the issue if you are committing your life to being in a relationship with someone who is the same sex as you that's when that becomes an issue mm-hmm. so i think there's a lot of people in the church who have same-sex attraction who are feeling so condemned by the church that they kind of throw themselves completely into the opposite space when really they can say I have this desire, just like I do, you know, I want to have sex with men right now. Yeah. <laughs> That's in my heart. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'd go do it right now if it wasn't in Christ. Um, but I love the Lord. And it's the same thing with someone who wants to date a girl or date a guy. Man, I really like women. And I don't even want to like women. They may be thinking this way. I don't want to like women. Um, or maybe they do want to like women, but the Lord is more important. The Lord is way more important. And that's why I don't have sex with men right now, because I know that he has something better for me. And I know that he is better for me. I don't have to seek pleasure in men. Um, I can find pleasure in other ways. And it's the same thing with someone who is same-sex attracted. But man, my heart goes out to those people. Yeah, My heart goes out to those people. That is one of the hardest things to deal with. Um, 
it's something so natural to them, which is so sad because me looking at gray sweatpants, that's natural to me. I shouldn't be yeah. doing that. You know what I'm saying? It's natural. Um, but for them, it's something that's so demonized in the church yeah. that there's so much more of a heavier connotation to that. Whereas if I told my pastor, like, yeah, I was looking at some gray sweatpants, it'd be like, you shouldn't be doing that. But like, you know, keep it moving. If yeah. someone says I'm attracted to women, it's like, oh, shoot. You know, like the record stops. But I don't think it should be that for people who are same sex attracted, especially if they're trying to honor the Lord with their sexuality. Um, so that's not the issue. But, you know, giving into that and mm-hmm. living that lifestyle across the board, when you give into sin, you're going to be, you know, it's the same thing. It's all the same. Do you think that these people can go on to live like happy, fulfilled lives in marriage with? the opposite sex. And that that's literally case by case. So some people who are same-sex attracted, um, after they come to Christ, they're able to be in a relationship with someone who's the opposite sex. Some of them literally never have that desire to be in a relationship with someone of the opposite sex. And then, you know, they have to choose um, celibacy. And that's a whole nother hard thing to deal with. Yeah, my heart goes Um, for for sure. And I think we need to be more caring and and delicate with these people because a lot of them want to honor the Lord. So we can give them a, a way to do that. And you can ask like, Lord, you know, fix my heart. If you desire me to be attracted to opposite sex men or women, help me to do that. Um, a lot of people who are, I guess I could say people in general, but a lot of people who have this desire have also had sexual trauma. Mm. And that could have skewed things for them. Yes. Um. So now it's like a man hurt me. So I'm going to try to find a woman who is masculine st- still that I can be attracted to and feel safe in that relationship and yep. vice versa. So there's so many things that play into it. But I definitely think they could if they if they're able to desire a relationship in marriage. Definitely. Um. And Jackie Hill Perry is an example of that. Do you know who Jackie Hill Perry is? No. look her up okay she's and any everyone who's listening as well jackie hill perry is an example of that she literally was living that lifestyle came out of it and she's married to preston perry he's an um apologetic and mm-hmm. um a spoken word poet as well they both are so prime yeah. example of that and she writes a book called um gay girl good god Ooh, and that's a really good book as well so i've been watching so many testimonies on youtube lately of people who were in the LGBTQ community or, you know, same sex attracted and then found Christ and you redeemed them Mm -hmm. from that. I also, I saw a video once, um, it was like a TikTok of somebody that was saying like, yeah, you were born like this and that's why you have to be born again. Mm, I don't know what you're, yeah, I was going to say, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, some people, you know, some people are born with that attraction and some people aren't. Some people learn that about themselves later or some people make that decision later. So there's so many different people on the spectrum. Mm, that's so good. I feel like we've um, we've sort of touched all the bases here. Uh, going back to just that same thing is like, don't hide any of these things. Mm-hmm. Don't hide any of it from God or, you know, from his, the people that he's brought into your life because we we can't do this alone. I for instance, that relationship that, you know, was sexually impure and ungodly that I was, you know, I had to get out of that relationship. I couldn't have done it had I not started going to church, 
um, and found a women's Bible study where these women just loved me and poured into me and they didn't condemn me. They just yes. taught me the truth of God's word. And, mm-hmm. and over time I began to see, you know, that, that God wants more for me. He wants more for me than this. Yeah. And it and was, that, that, go ahead. I was just to say it was that love. It was that yes, love. that loving kindness. Like that's what brings us to Christ, the loving kindness. And that's what I was going to say as well. Like you should not feel condemned when you tell someone who is supposed to be in Christ about your sin. That's not how you should get. That's not the response you should get because the Bible says when you're in Christ, there's no condemnation for us. So if you meet those people, that is not someone you should be confiding in. Mm-hmm. Find someone else who truly knows Christ and can love you well in your sin and in your journey to come out of that. Amen. Do you have any more pieces of advice for, I guess, the way I do it is like going back to your old self Mm. before you knew these things? Yeah, I mean, I guess I could say, because I I was kind of boy crazy when I was in middle school, um, when I was younger, I wanted their attention so bad because of my relationship, you know, with my father, the lack in that home, in the home. Um, I think it's so important for us to wash ourselves with the word and know once when I was eighth grade, that was when I was in eighth grade, that like changed my life. Cause I was like, why do I feel ugly in this, in this space? Like I was, I was so cute in New York. Then I moved to Florida and I was in a predominantly white area. And I'm like, mm. how am I not cute? <laughs> uh-huh. But then I realized like, okay, first of all, it's the area I'm in, but also I need to wash myself with the word. The, the Bible says that he made, well, after he made everything, he said, this is good. It is good. The Bible says that we are beautiful. We are wonderfully made. Um, His eyes are are on us. Like he loves to see us every morning when we wake up. And that just builds a confidence in you as well to where you don't have to find that in men or or in anything else. So my last piece of advice is to build yourself up in Christ because everything else is fleeting. Mm. But when your confidence is, is in Christ, it can't be shaken. Amen. Well, thank you so much for being on the show today, Sonata. How of can course. people? Yeah. How can people find you and yes. uh, hear more of this good Christian sexuality talk? They can find me um, at the Parallel Pod. That's a hard word to spell, but I believe in you guys. Um, <laughs> at the Parallel Pod on Instagram, on TikTok. I'm really like active on TikTok okay. and on YouTube. Amazing. Yeah. Thank you so much, and God bless you. You as well. That's all I have for you today. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this show, I'd love to have you leave a review, share it with a friend, and even connect with me on other platforms. It's at Michaela Nicolenko on Instagram and TikTok. And we also have an at Raised and Redeemed Instagram account too. I look forward to connecting with you there. Until next time, stay well and God bless you.